Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting tonight. I'm doing the show with Jonra and Sue, as Hello. is our, hey our custom. Yay! So, uh, Yay. welcome to the second half of 2022, everybody. Hope uh, this uh, July 4th weekend is uh, fun and exciting and pretty. And, you know, you get to maybe go to a cookout or something like that. Uh, enjoy some fireworks if you like them. Hopefully not scare any household pets too much. All the, you know, good stuff. It's, it's enjoy what summer has to offer. Um, and if you're, you know, like John or and I, uh, come and join us in a cool, dark cave and shake your impotent fist at the, at the hideous burning orb in the sky. Disgusting. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. No reason for it. Absolutely not. <laughs> and kiss your freedoms goodbye this weekend for July yeah, 4th. It's July well, 4th. It's like we got a lot to celebrate. It's July oh, 4th. My God. It's great. Yeah. Love this country. Love it. It's just, whew, you know? All right. Yep. <laughs> well, if, uh, if, if our listeners want to tell us about uh, their holiday plans or tell us about how their holiday went after the fact, email us, uh, contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Tweet at us at Civil Politics FM or go to Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio and, you know, drop us a message there. Um, and if you're looking for something to do on your uh, vacation, perhaps you're driving somewhere and you need something to listen to in the car, you know, go to CivilPoliticsRadio.com where there's previous episodes of the show, supplemental episodes and, you know, other good stuff that, you know, will give you hours, minutes even of listening pleasure. <laughs> so yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so before the show, uh, the coin t- we had the coin toss and talking about the January sixth uh, committee hearings won. So before we start talking about how terrible the Supreme Court is and how uh, disappointing the uh, Democratic Party's uh, uh, fumble-brained uh, response is, uh, yeah, we'll talk about. Uh, the uh, uh, attempts by the Trump administration to uh, seize the reins of power in in their tiny, tiny hands. Mm. <laughs> got him. Yeah. Friggin' got him. Oh, no. Yep. That's... That's me, the sick <laughs> burninator. That's, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm That's... the trog door of political commentary. <laughs> wow. Really? Look, that's the most current internet reference I know. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I've that, seen you on Twitter. That's that's gotta be okay, for anybody that doesn't know. Trogdor is a is an internet meme that was like what two thousand and two, twenty years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was on a site called Homestar Runner, and they had videos in Flash. Oh boy, I've seen you on on Twitter, Mike. You've got to, you, you've had to, like, absorb something. That would require learning things, you know. I'm a left-wing agitator. I don't need to learn things. I just need to spout slogans. You know what? You got a good point. 
that's literally all we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's so, it. Uh, and and hey, Sue, I've I've done your work for you. If you want to just like take it off the rest of the evening, <laughs> she's like, no, you got it, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> really, you're good. <laughs> John Stewart would say, go on. <laughs> but like everything's is that good. like Trump, yeah. Trump grabbing the, the wheel of the beast to try and take yeah. himself to the... Yeah. Jesus. What a week. What a yeah. great witness uh, that young woman is. Cassidy Hutchinson. The January 6th. Yeah. 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 I'm um, calling her Butch, Butch Cassidy. Yeah. So for uh, the benefit of listeners who've been managing to hide out from the news or, you know, if anybody's sort of for some reason turning to us as a wonderful time capsule of uh, the thoughts and uh, interests of people in this particular time in the the, 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 the after times, you know, after civilization has collapsed <laughs> and we're all, you know, <laughs> driving around in weird cars and, uh, you know, trying to impress um, – Tina Turner and so forth. Um, the final, the, the Trump administration had a number of White House chiefs of staff, chiefs of staff. The last one was a guy named Mark Meadows and his, at least one of his assistants, uh, his primary assistants from what I gather was a young woman named Cassidy Hutchinson. Ms. Hutchinson, as you know, his uh, right hand person was in a, most, if not all of the meetings he was in, you know, taking notes on things and just being there listening and, and you know, being uh, being the support staff for the chief of staff. <clears throat> and her, her desk was in his office section of the West Wing. So uh, she was, you know, like 30 steps. feet from the Oval Office. Yeah, yeah, 10 steps, something like that. You know, from close the to the Oval Office, office and, and thus was uh, in an excellent position to bear witness to things that were happening. And the testimony she gave, like a lot of what she t she talked about would be in a court of law would be hearsay. And of course, there might be arguments about how admissible it would be and how probative it would be. But that's, <clears throat> I know it's worth remembering, this is a public hearing. This isn't a court of law. So even though she wasn't actually in the presidential limousine to witness the president screaming at the Secret Service to drive him to the Capitol and trying to grab the steering wheel and trying to uh, uh, choke, I guess, one of his bodyguards for trying to guard the president's body. Um, uh, you know, that that might not be something you know that that wouldn't be something that she'd necessarily be called to testify about in a court of law but it is absolutely uh something that she can talk about under oath at, at this hearing now this is what she was told in the moment um i i personally <clears throat> my uh uh democratic party member utter disdain for donald trump and his flax uh freely admitted nevertheless i like, this seems in character for the man. That does seem like the kind of thing he would do. The only thing that's at all surprising about it is the sense that, like, there might be some level of personal courage in actually going to a place where uh, people were starting to riot uh, because he thought it would be a good photo op. But I guess that's precisely because uh, they were rioting and he didn't understand that, that the Secret Service was saying, no, we can't go there. So. Well, and I think he, well, I, Trump 
you'd never know what's in his mind, but he was going to lead him into the House chambers. And can you imagine what the police and Capitol Police would have done if the president was leading them in? Oh, God. I mean, they'd have to let him in. Yeah, yeah. he was he was going to take them right inside so they could stop the vote. I mean, yeah. stop the count. Yeah, I mean, he he might well have certainly tried to do that. That seems plausible. Yeah. So, but in addition to testifying about Mr. Trump's bad behavior in the moment, she was also able to testify that on January 2nd, Rudy Giuliani was talking about how wild uh, they were planning for January 6th to be. Uh, she at one point heard, uh, I think it was Mr. Giuliani, uh, discussing the involvement of the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys in uh, what they were planning to do. And yeah. Uh, yeah. and that was firsthand. She heard that firsthand. Yeah. The, she wasn't in the, the car with Trump, but she was on the stage with him at the Ellipse, too. She heard him say, get rid of the magnetometers. I mean, she's firsthand witness. She was in the room. Right. That's the Hamilton reference. <laughs> the guys. Yeah, exactly. The, the room where it happened. Yeah, there, there were there are people out there with guns and uh, we're very concerned about it. And, and Mr. Trump apparently said, let them in. Get rid of the magnetometers. They're not here to hurt me. Yeah. He wanted a bigger crowd because people with weapons were hanging back because they didn't yeah. want them taken away. <laughs> Under, I mean, He's understandable. Got, a, got crowd envy big time. He's certainly very insecure about it, <laughs> as we yeah. saw from the uh, uh, first press conference immediately after his inauguration. Remember Sean Spicer? Uh the good old days. <laughs> yeah, she's got quite the memory, the detail. And uh, a lot of people are wondering why this, this hearing was held urgently this week. You know, originally there wasn't going to be another hearing this week of July 4th. And uh, we were talking about before we went on the air, but she had all the aides in the office have been given lawyers by the Trump, you know, the Stop the Steal fund that's supposed to be mm -hmm. millions of dollars. Yep. Supposedly, um, I heard this morning that uh, all, all the aides were given lawyers because, of course, none of them could afford, you know, big time lawyers. And they were lawyers on the dime of Trump. And the reason that this hearing happened this week was she she uh, she decided that she was going to get a different lawyer. And mm. because she had lots to tell the committee and they hadn't asked her any of the right questions. And, you know, she wasn't she didn't volunteer for her taped you're deposition. Not to, yeah, yeah, yeah. For her deposition. And so she got a new lawyer. And I think you guys were saying he was the chief of staff to Jeff Sessions. I thought he was Sessions lawyer. But anyway, I hadn't heard that. But um, that, that's genre. You yeah. said that you looked it up and that's what the uh, yeah. thing the band had done yeah. previously. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and I, I missed what what you said. The Cassidy oh, Hutchinson's sure. attorney is uh, a former chief of staff to Jeff one. Sessions. Yes, he worked as uh, yeah. Jeff Jeff Sessions' chief of staff. Yes, yeah. okay. who probably advised him that he had to recuse himself, right? Because he'd been involved in the. I mean, that was good advice. Which is, Jeff Sessions had to recuse himself from some of the um, investigations because he he participated. So yeah. uh, he he stayed. He did a he did a good thing, Jeff Sessions, by recusing himself. Anyway, so that the minute she changed lawyers, she said, so they didn't ask me all these things that I, you know, think they should know about. How do we do that? And that's what happened. And that they took another mm -hmm. deposition from her um, and <clears throat> they asked yeah. better questions. And, and she 
gave him the answers that she had. And so they decided to, I guess, decided to urgently put her on. But but she had several interviews, but the most recent one was with the new attorney, which freed freed her up. But think about that. Who's the client when, you know, Trump Trump world is paying for your lawyer and they're also defending, you know, other other people that you might, you know, testify against. You don't really want to be joined. People who might them. be called so. co-defendants. Yes. Co-defendants. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that why that happened so quickly. And it's because she changed lawyers. So, yeah, I hadn't God. heard that, but that, that, that certainly makes sense. I think it was also, uh, you know, because this isn't a uh, criminal proceeding, there is a certain amount of political gamesmanship to all this. And I think part of the reason why they wanted her to testify and they made a, a thing about it was that they wanted to um, uh, put pressure, put you know, increase the public pressure on other people they wanted to testify. Like Mr. Cipollone has been subpoenaed now. Yeah. Uh, I understand there's a the fresh subpoena. Attorney. To, yes, the uh, 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 believe he was the White House counsel, um, and uh, which is not Mr. Trump's personal lawyer, but the lawyer for the Trump White House to advise them on how to properly comply with the law while being president. Um, He's just and apparently she said tried to quit several times. He threatened to quit a few times. Yeah, at one point, I think believe Mr. Trump was talking about, uh, you know, he wanted to appoint uh, a fellow whose name I'm forgetting right now, an environmental attorney at the Department of Justice, Clark. Mr. Clark. Yes, to uh, be the uh, new acting attorney general, and uh, uh, the the threat of mass resignations of you know lawyers in the White House and the Justice Department. Uh, ultimately dissuaded him from doing that. But that that was in the context of um, Mr. Donahue, who was, I think, a deputy uh, uh, attorney general uh, for Mr. Trump, who, uh, you know, in, he recorded in his notes that Mr. Trump said, uh, just say the election is corrupt and leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. And it's like, OK, yeah. you know, a- after they'd been telling him repeatedly, there's no evidence it's corrupt. So. Yeah, they wanted um, him to send the AG Barr and others who Barr, Barr resigned. Mr. They Barr wanted him resigned, to send a letter. Yeah, yeah same. Send a letter. So, it's think, the same um, kind of thing he was trying to do uh, to the government of Ukraine, I and mean, he was putting pressure on uh, Mr. Zelensky to, uh, you know, do us a favor, though. So, yeah, that's you know, right. Trump certainly, uh, Mr. Trump certainly knows uh, uh, one move, and he's 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 committed to it. But um, yeah, uh, but it, it, well, in any, go ahead. Sorry. And I was going to say, there's been some witness tampering where they're trying to get people not to testify by sort of thinly veiled threats about people reading transcripts, and Mr. Trump is watching, and it's it's very it's it's very mob like. Yeah. In fact, do you think they should do a special if if the AG does take this to a criminal case? Do you think they should do a special prosecutor, even though those aren't as strong positions as they used to be, so they would survive any changes in um, the presidency? You know, no. have a special prosecutor. Here's no, I don't think so because 
Here, here's the thing. Uh, as it currently stands, uh, a, a special prosecutor would ultimately answer to whoever is attorney general. I mean, there's, there's sort of a, attempts to have legal uh, structures keeping them from being uh, too uh, controlled by the political appointees. But nevertheless, they would have no authority beyond that granted to them as any other U.S. attorney uh, answerable to the attorney general and indirectly, therefore, to the president. Um, you know, we don't have independent councils anymore. Um, yeah, they thanks changed to, the line, remember? Well, they, yeah. let, they let it lapse because uh, of the crap Ken Starr pulled showing, you know, like, oh, well, look, when you have this kind of independent council, you can abuse the heck out of it. And, you know, people like Brett Kavanaugh were happy to do so. But um, I don't think it's I don't think uh, it should be done because if an independent council law were renewed, it wouldn't be too late to spin it off and have someone become an independent counsel, have the lead investigator take on that role. But the other thing, quite simply, is that, um, you know, this is uh, the, the stakes and the circumstances are unusual and, and, un, and very high. But this really is no different than any other organized crime prosecution that uh, we've seen uh, that the Justice Department has done for decades. I don't see that it would be particularly difficult. I mean, I, I doubt they'll use the RICO statute, though that would be really hilarious. <laughs> Wouldn't it? It would be. I, I, would, I would seriously laugh my butt off, but um, which is good because I need to lose some weight. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I can't speak uh, more, more specifically than that. But the, uh, uh, I don't think there's a, ne there's a need for uh, uh, a special prosecutor. I, I just think there's a need for the Justice Department to actually step up and do its job. Uh, and it's possible that um, that um, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland is keeping his powder dry, waiting for this hearing to play out and see, you know, and, and let the public respond to it and let the committee gather evidence uh, in a big noticeable way while they do things more quietly in the, you know, behind the scenes. And then uh, when the time comes, start, you know, putting out indictments. That's that's certainly a way that they could handle things. And, uh, I, you know. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to, to judge them for um, for how they've handled things yet. I mean, I would like to see have have seen them be more aggressive just because I really uh, so dislike the Trump administration and their shenanigans. But nevertheless, um, I, I do appreciate uh, careful, deliberate prosecution of, of, of crime. And I I'm definitely uh, appreciate uh, making sure that uh, there's one gathers uh, evidence carefully before just sort of leaping into a prosecution. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So a, a couple of things. One is that um, she also, because of her position, um, got a lot of the pardon requests. She was, she was able to list all the people that were asking for pardons that she knew of firsthand, which was very including her boss, Mark Meadows. <laughs> including her boss, Mark. And when you ask for a pardon, you have to admit guilt. 
from what I understand. They were talking about that a little bit on C-SPAN. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the it's I think it's, it's part of the well it's part of the usual process i don't know if it's a part of the trump process but you have to you have I, to admit guilt well, to get a pardon uh to accept a pardon um i don't think one necessarily has to i don't know about the whole process of applying uh and the president can grant pardons even when they haven't been asked for but uh i believe the 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 established legal precedent and obviously uh, I I could be wrong as I never never even went to law school, much less finished it. But <laughs> yeah, like I said, we're not law doctors over here. Yeah, but um, my understanding is that accepting a pardon uh, is generally considered uh, tantamount to an admission of guilt. It's it's legally irrelevant because I've been pardoned, so therefore I can't be prosecuted or whatever. Um, and actually, one of the little sort of things i've seen you know i've you know because i follow people on on the twitters and whatnot and one uh i think it was a public defender i follow on twitter but uh somebody observed that um you know like geez why didn't mr trump pardon all these people who were you know carrying water for him during the uh uh you know the january you know the attempting to, to steal the election and whatnot why why did he leave them all hanging and they pointed out like well um, as it currently stands, if you were part of a criminal conspiracy uh, and or, you know, a potential criminal conspiracy and you are brought in for questioning and subpoenaed and asked to testify, you can invoke your Fifth Amendment right not to incriminate yourself because there's real legal jeopardy. And, uh, you know, one might draw if some inferences about that. you don't have it. Correct. Right. If you're pardoned, you have no – You, you can no longer – Right. Yeah. Well, actually, that that is a thing that could be argued because the 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 Constitution doesn't doesn't put much limitation on what the what a president can pardon you know, federal crimes that aren't impeachment. So, you know, in theory, he could have pardoned himself. But regardless, everybody else uh, was, uh, you know, uh, if he pardoned them. They would have lost their ability to invoke their Fifth Amendment right not to testify. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh boy. Yeah. I've been trying to look up like the um, accepting accepting a pardon is mission of guilt thing, and, and it, it's actually kind of um, winding. This is from a Washington Post um, column from like 2017 when there were like pardons flying around from from Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, five myths about. About getting pardons. Pardons are only for guilty people. Accepting one is an admission of guilt. So in 1915, the Supreme Court wrote in Burdick uh, versus United States that a pardon, quote, carries an imputation of guilt, acceptance, a confession of it. Over the years, many have come to see the necessary relationship between a pardon and guilt. But Burdick was about a different issue, the ability to turn down a pardon. The language about imputing and confessing guilt was just an aside, what lawyers ah, call dicta. Okay, the yeah. court meant that as a practical dicta. matter, because pardons make people look guilty, a recipient might not want to accept one. But pardons have no formal legal effect of, of declaring guilt. Okay. Oh, interesting. Because you can pardon people like yeah. like after they're dead. So that's yes. not so an admission of guilt. Get, get tried for something. Yes. 
right? That's they don't have to get trapped as, as as Nixon yeah. wasn't. Yes, you can just pardon. Yeah. You can yeah. just say like, no, they, this person. But accepting a pardon, you're not admitting guilt or waiving habeas rights. Right. Though, are you sure you're not a lawyer, John? Or you always find good answers to this stuff. <laughs> I can. I my he's, Google my he's, Google food is strong. Researcher. That's what it is. Well, also, Eve, Eve, uh, and I again, I, I think it's Eve. I certainly am not going to gainsay, you know, that legal expert. But uh, you know, just point out, even even if even if it were actually considered a you know a legal declaration or admission of guilt, okay, great. But the whole point is. One has been pardoned, uh, so uh, one cannot be prosecuted for that crime. That that that's it. You're, one is it, that's the end of it. And um, pardons can't be revoked either. So so oh know, right, because it'd be like a once a president pardons. Next... Right, right. Like yeah, the new you one. Know, President the... Biden couldn't undo the pardon for say and Paul Manafort it. and his yep. crappy behavior. Yeah, exactly. You know. Jimmy Carter couldn't undo the pardon of Richard Nixon, even though I I wish he I wish he'd been able to. But you know, well, Ford so. was trying to get the com- country back on an even keel, which now I really realize how bad it can be. By the way, did you hear yeah. all the crimes that are on the on the table? I was listening to Jill Weinbanks. Um, she's a former Watergate prosecutor, and I think she's uh, in Georgia now. I think. The- I think that's where she is, but there's like six of them uh, uh, messing with obstructing a proceeding like yep. Congress, defrauding the USA, yep. uh, destroying property, seditious conspiracy, inciting a riot, assaulting a Secret Service agent. And they keep talking about um, um, uh, tampering with witnesses, but they don't have witnesses yet because there's no trial. This is just a hearing. So I don't know that tampering with witnesses is well, she didn't it, include it on her list. Some other people do. Well, uh, so uh, oh, we're actually right at the the halfway point of the show here. So uh, we can uh, we can touch on this and then move on to talking about uh, the Supreme Court and other legal matters in the second half of the show. So this is uh, civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, we'll be back after playing some PSAs, promos, and station IDs in just a couple of minutes. So please don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly, and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. Tune 
tune in to Evidence-Based Radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Sue Timberlake and John Roberts are still talking with me, Michael Dow, and uh, we're going to pivot to talking about uh, the Supreme Court. But I I did just want to mention, just to wrap up what we were talking about with the January 6th hearing, um, hearing, you know, congressional hearings like that, I think... uh, obviously aren't actually criminal trials or even civil trials, but I think they count as court proceedings or, you know, that kind of legal proceeding uh, in, you know, sufficiently that uh, uh, laws against things like witness tampering and perjury and so forth uh, equally apply. So, yeah, I, I obviously I don't know the specifics, uh, but I think it's certainly possible that uh, charges of witness tampering uh by trying to keep someone from testifying before Congress. That seems plausible, even if it's not actually, even if it doesn't actually happen, you know, even if it's not, well, they're they not have, actually charged. Yeah, They have emails showing, showing that witnesses have been warned about, you know, testifying and that Trump's reading the transcripts and, hmm. you know, people should be loyal. So they have emails, so they obviously can trace them back to who they came from. So, well, I, 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 I would love it if they if they prosecute for that, too. Uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so um, but yes, moving from one sort of legal proceeding to another, uh, we have uh, the Article three branch of government. The Supreme Court has uh, finished its term f- fit, uh, for the 2021 uh, 2022 uh, judicial year. Um, and uh, so. uh there's 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 many new problems to to talk about, but I've continued to just be infuriated by, uh, you know, like uh, having a gun is a really important right, and we can't let the states mess with that. But uh, having you know a, a reproductive uh, uh, autonomy is not an important right, so we can let the states handle that. Mm. Is uh, mm-hmm. and I just. I, I I note that three things that sort of really just sort of you know have have drawn my great anger over the past week as uh, uh, Senator John Cornyn of Texas uh, his Twitter account posting that uh, after the Roe Roe v Raid overturning ruling came out in the Dobbs case uh, he uh, his his Twitter account said now do Plessy v Ferguson so. <laughs> You know, basically undo Brown v. Board of Education, bring us back to legal segregation, Uh, separate but equal being okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Illinois Rep. Mary Martin, uh, a congresswoman, uh, Republican congresswoman at at some kind of open air rally while President Trump was there. No, no, not the Peter Pan woman. No, no. This is uh, someone else who uh, uh, said, you know... uh, uh, made a, a gaffe in that she said something that was what was really on her mind when oh, she God, she described it oh, I remember uh, this. <laughs> as a victory for white life. 
yep. which is really what so much of this is all about. It's it's about <laughs> you know the white supremacists really uh, fearing that uh, white people are going to be swamped under whatever. It's it's the same nonsense that leads Tucker tu- Tucker Carlson to talk about the Great Replacement Theory and worrying about waves of immigrants and uh, posting videos of dudes shining lights on their um, on their you know private parts. It's the uh, <laughs> it's the reason that someone shot up a a, a top uh, supermarket in, in Buffalo. In Buffalo, that is this is why. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. On on, on top of the crappy stuff about how guns are way too easy to get, but also, you know, the guy did that specifically because he did not like black people and he wanted to murder a bunch of them. So yeah. he went to Buffalo to do that. Yeah. So specifically, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Everything's here's a great. Question though. If you're going to do eugenics, you know, you want the white people to to um, rally and for all the other people in the world to have less children. Mm-hmm. Why would you why wouldn't you be in favor of abortion? It's it's, it's they weird are. in some ways. <laughs> well, they kind of are. Um, yeah, I, I the 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 point I mean, it's of, a hideous question, mm. but. Well, as uh a friend of mine who used to do clinic escorts uh, at a Planned Parenthood in um, Arizona told me that uh, there would be the, uh, you know, the the white uh, uh, Catholic demonstrators, mostly Catholic, but other Christians too. But they would be there uh, and they would be accosting any uh, white person, especially white woman who walked up to the clinic and trying to get them to worry about killing their baby. But they would all stand aside and be silent whenever someone with darker skin w- went went through. Really? Oh wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. That makes sense. Yeah. And then the um that's the what it's about. anti. Oh, sorry. What was it? Go ahead. Uh, the anti-abortion. Sorry. The anti-abortion uh, block in in the United States is a very weird Venn diagram, um, because there are religious fanatics that uh that just think that life begins when sperm touches an egg you know like 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 taps it inception you know um mm-hmm. there are people that uh just want that like are afraid of of the great replacement and everything there are people that aren't as insane that um have personal reasons for wanting uh, strict limits on on abortion um it's just this weird amalgamation of so many different views that are incredibly wrong uh <laughs> and um it's uh it's it's really interesting to to think about you know when you're not wanting to tear your own face off I'm not happy about this. This is what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not um, jazzed about this. Well, this uh, session of the Supreme Court. And this the third, the worst third thing, the third <laughs> bit of news that really just has me so, uh, um, is the report I've seen. Um, you know, and I, I th- it's possible that this is, this is a, 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 you know, an internet rumor that got it that you know, got too much traction, but I've seen it on several different sites like, you know, Jezebel and Salon and whatnot. But apparently 
Uh, President Biden has done a deal with Mitch McConnell where he's going to appoint a fellow named Chad Meredith to the next open federal uh, judgeship in uh, the Kentucky Circuit. Um, and the gentleman, uh, Mr. Meredith, is apparently a, a ardent uh, anti-choice activist who actually was one of the lawyers litigating in the, the Dobbs case that the court just used to overturn Roe. And um, yeah, apparently uh, Mr. Biden has made this promise in exchange for Mr. McConnell promising to be cool about further judicial appointments by Mr. Biden. And A, just the, you know, Mitch McConnell is utterly untrustworthy, you fool. But also, uh, this is the opposite of fighting like hell to preserve uh, our, you know, people's rights to uh, bodily autonomy, to... uh, this effort to make half the humans on humans in the country uh, into second-class citizens who don't get to decide what's happening with their own bodies. It's just, yeah, it's just mind-boggling. And, um, uh, you know... No, confirmed. The, the, confirmed. Okay. It is confirmed? Yep. Great. So, uh, you know... Yeah, I don't have words. What's wrong with your president? Uh, it's your president too. Sadly, he is my president too. He is. Well, that's I, not, I mean, I, know, I don't. Know I what, said that. I said that about Trump. As did I. <laughs> so yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's it's true. But and the EPA got undermined. Yeah, uh, among other things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and prayer that they let they let the coach pray on the on the field, and the kids don't get playtime if they. You know, he's got a lot of influence there, and he's making them do prayers at at the at the midfield. It's it's frightening. I feel. I think I said this to Johnner before we went on the air. You know, in the 1950s, I I thought you know we, we're going to make a lot of gains here in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and 2010 and and I feel like we've gone back to the 1950s. I feel like all has been lost from all the work that my peers did, you know, I'm not responsible for any good deeds, but I just, I feel like we're back in the fifties, just like that. You know, Nixon put in the EPA and they just undermined it. So it, yeah. it, it's, it's uh, women's no, no right to privacy in this era, in this time, this is the wrong direction for some well, of privacy. Not so one of the, one of the problems that's, that's happening, uh, that's really, bearing fruit now, unfortunately, is this long-term conservative project that, you know, has hijacked the whatever. I don't want to entirely condemn all Republicans in the Republican Party, but certainly it's hijacked the, the... No, I will. Yeah, well, I mean, go ahead. But I mean, like, it's, <laughs> it's hijacked the machinery of the Republican Party through organizations like the Federalist Society and Heritage and, you know, Koch brothers throwing money around and so forth. One of the things they're, they're trying to do is essentially uh, they, they've zeroed in on uh, judges have a lot of power because they can strike down laws and, and decisions and, and policies and they are appointed for life and it's really hard to get rid of them. So, uh, you know, you basically have to impeach them and, and have Congress toss them out. So by keeping the Democrats from appointing uh, judges when they – uh, control the White House, and uh, then cramming through as many as possible when they con- when the Republicans control the White House, and also doing stuff like 
you know, stealing the 2000 election and then uh, the shenanigans around Trump's election in 2016. We've had, uh, uh, what, I think five of the justices on the Supreme Court have been appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote, who were not the actual democratic choices of the American people. So that's... Um, sworn, in, sworn in by a Senate that doesn't have the popular vote either. Right. look at them by individuals. So, Right. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely. That's one in approved. Sorry. Right. Exactly. And, uh, 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 advised and consented. Uh, they're, it, it's, it's corrupt, frankly. Um, and it's part of a, a plan to, uh, enforce, uh, minority rule because, uh, since the 1980s, since the Reagan administration, Conservative thinkers have been pointing out how, you know, the white birth rate is bad and we're going to get outbred and we're going to get, you know, swarmed out and replaced if we don't do something. And so this is one of the main things they've they've done. They've basically tried to seize control of the judiciary with their ideological activists who then, you know, can pass whatever can come to whatever results they want to offering up whatever justifications they feel like because they don't really care about, you know, intellectual, uh, uh, administrative consistency, you know, it, it, it's, it's fine. Like all they want is they want things their way and they don't care how things happen. Sorry. I'm going to soapbox here just for a second more, but (laughs) one of the best ways to be able to wield power without regard to ethics and morals is to attack the whole idea of, uh, ethical standards and whatnot and earnest debate and, uh, you know, factual bases for things. So spreading lies and, and, and crazy rumors, uh, you know, like lizard people are controlling the government and Hillary Clinton likes to eat babies in the basement of this building that doesn't have a basement and yada, 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 and, uh, whatever, uh, you know, cute, cute today, by the way, issued a, um, threat to um um butch cassidy oh, q q is still yes, a thing just, yeah well i mean you out. know hey why not make a comeback because it looks like <laughs> it's a in. good time yeah to, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot yeah. of i know look it's, there's it's, there's money to be made there's an all there's there's people out there who've been throwing their money around uh you know into the into the the crazy bucket why not get more of it but Cryptic uh Coon yeah. so, asks, shall we play a game once more and are you ready to serve your country again Uh, after two years of silence? Right. So all of that is, is nonsense. And one of the things it does is people like us sitting here, uh, an independent, a Republican, a Democrat, uh, with our differences and peculiarities and, and idiosyncrasies. Oh, who love this country. And, um, You know, <laughs> not today, right, Senator? Not today. I love, I love the idea of what this country pretends, wants to be, and pretends to be, and what I hope it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, and I, I love the idea of we're a nation where everybody matters. And you know, uh, I, I want to, I, one of the reasons why I'm interested in politics, and I'm one of the reasons why I'm left wing is I want us to come together to publicly do things to help each other because that makes the world better. But set that aside, you know, one of the bases for all this is we're interested in what's actually true, 
we like to have discussions about things that are factual. So, for example, when we want to have a discussion about what should public vaccination policy be, how should we have, what should we do about mask mandates to deal with COVID-19? We have some, can have some disagreements about what is the most effective way to do that. And is this, you know, is this a good trade-off to say, you know, people have to do X, Y, and Z versus, you know, but who are we to tell other people what to do, yada, yada, yada. You know, these are reasonable things to, these are important things to talk about, but we're all interested in having a factual discussion. And, you know, things like Clarence Thomas uh, I guess, writing in a legal opinion from the Supreme Court bench that the COVID vaccine is, you know, uses cells from aborted fetuses to make it. And it's like, yeah, that's that's not true. That's just not true. So if you're, you know, if, if he's, you know, offering up legal opinions about uh, vaccination policy based on that crazy lie, you know, what are we doing? Like, it's it's really hard to actually have a functioning society if people are just going to believe crazy lies. The Trump administration uh, and the conservatives who are interested in bringing it back, they don't care. All they really want is to be in charge and to get do what they want and keep all the money. That's what I think. <laughs> well, so, the, anyway, go ahead. The, <laughs> the, the Supreme Court only has 25% approval, which means... You know, a lot of people in the U.S., Republican, Independent, Democratic, you know, all, all the groups don't like what the court is doing right now. I think that's a good sign. Why? Well, because, I mean, it's not good for the country, but it's a good sign that people are starting to say, hey, wait a minute. That isn't that isn't how it's supposed to work. That's not those decisions are screwy. That's 25 percent. 25 percent. good. That it's not really because dissatisfaction with the supreme court doesn't entail why they're dissatisfied because there are some conservatives that are probably like we don't like the supreme court because it's only 6-3 it should be it should be 8-1 and they shouldn't they they're going too soft on stuff and some of the, and some of the um the more liberal people might might be like we don't like the supreme court because they're way too conservative and and they shouldn't exist at all or something like that you know like that dissatisfaction with an office without without context is it, it, i can't i can't think of that as just a good because i don't know why each faction doesn't like them you know well, and let me reverse it. If if it was ninety percent approval, I'd be going, uh oh. <laughs> You'd be going, uh oh, for like, that would be terrible because, because yeah, yeah, because people think this is good and it's not good. So I'm I'm just yeah I'm not being granular this time. I agree with you, John. It depends how the question was asked. And, yeah, our, our, but uh, I just think <laughs> our, our, our situations have flipped right now. Yes, and, and it's good. It's good you called me on it. The other, the only other good news. Well, there's other good news, but Katanji Brown Jackson gets sworn in, and don't they always Yay. bring in the black person when the thing's in distress? Right? They just, you know, like Morgan Freeman always gets to be president when the meteors all, almost all the way here to the U.S. And, yeah, I mean, I mean that was just, one time. Yeah. <laughs> that was one movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a few movies like that. I'll get some more examples, but good for her. But man, what a legacy to be sworn into today! Yeah, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, that's I, right. I, I mean, I all of us agree. The Supreme it, Court's really doing really horrible things right now. 
it it's a good step and you know kudos to president biden for nominating her and kudos to the senate for pushing her through excellent work i'm very glad that happened uh i i think she's an excellent choice for the supreme court and i'm glad that she's there um it doesn't fix the problem uh no. it it it, no. it it plugs one leak and that's good there's so much more that needs to be done. And the, I think the reason why I'm very dissatisfied with the president from my political party uh, and other important leaders in that party, like Nancy Pelosi, is they don't seem to have a plan for dealing with this urgent moment. They didn't even have like a good response ready for when the decision came out uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, which yeah. we knew and, was coming. And they had two months. Yep, they had yeah. two months. To... They, they, they were not ready. Oh, and they were ready. Not? Well, they weren't ready with an actual plan that was going to galvanize and motivate people. And that no. was, that was uh, you know, one of the things, reasons why the massive dissatisfaction with the Supreme Court, uh, uh, A, it's, it's bad when, the, when our government, our institutions lose legitimacy because then, uh, you know, once the system breaks down, yeah, then people start off. doing things outside the system and, well, you know, chaos and, and mayhem can ensue and... You know, I'm 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 weak and fragile, so I don't like that. But um, the uh, <laughs> other thing is just just quite simply, uh, uh, the Democrats have to actually get their act together and give people something positive to vote for. Um, you know, because the one thing that the 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 Republican Party has not lacked over all these years is a clear message about what they're for. Now, unfortunately. You know, with Trump's candidacy back in 2015, what they're for was racism. We hate Mexicans uh, and uh, uh, we're afraid of brown people and more racism. And, uh, oh, yeah, we'll also take away a woman's right to choose. Uh, uh, No, I didn't. But, you know, so like that is a thing. And terrible people, you know, that's only going to appeal to really awful people. But it's a thing. It's a clear message. And... uh, uh, I don't see President Biden coming back with a clear message of his own, like, here's what we're going to run on. Or for the for the midterms, I don't see the uh, leadership in the Democratic Party, you know, in the House and Senate coming back with something like that. Um, well, my my party, so, Liz Cheney. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, it's just, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. She gave a speech. Do you think she gave a speech at the Reagan Library this week to a big okay. crowd, a big cheering crowd? And she said, it's a time for choosing, which is a very famous line from Ronald Reagan. And she said, you got to choose the Constitution or Trump. And, you know, history's going to judge us on this. It was a really, it was a really good speech. And she talked about how, you know, men mostly run the world at this point and uh, it's not going very well. And that little girls, you know, need to aspire to run. And it, it was, it was pretty good. The second thing is that she has a debate. Uh, this airs on, we air on Friday night, so it will have taken place on Thursday night with her, with her opponent, and her opponent's beating the pants off her in in Wyoming. So in the polls, anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But it was it was quite a speech. If you you know can stomach it, I know everybody's just sick of all of this stuff. But it was it was it was pretty good because it really spoke to the truths that you just spoke to, Michael. That um, you know, if systems fail, then we're all doomed. I'm, yeah. I'm and really Representative s- Cheney's still terrible. I don't. I you know. I'm glad she's against insurrection, but you know, like her other policy positions are still. Ugh. But anyway, I'm yeah. I'm really sick of speeches. 
Yeah. I'm, I, I love speeches. I love analyzing speeches. I love, I love watching speeches. I love seeing like what, how people are acting during speeches. I'm sick of speeches because that's all we get. Yeah. That's all we get. That's all we've ever gotten. That's all we've gotten for 20 years. Speeches. That's it. I was there, there have been Michael. barely any movement towards progress in the last two decades because of the Republican Party specifically. And that's why I said before, like, yeah, I want Republicans. Yeah. Conservatives, I think I, they're, conservatives are very, uh, very, it's a varied group uh, with with different members that, that have different that's views. That's progressives. I completely. I know. P- humans are different. Humans are weird. But the Republican <laughs> Party is a organization and they have plans and they want to do things. So. Because of Action that, oriented. because of that, we are in the spot we are in right now, and one of, if not the worst, Supreme Court sessions in my lifetime. In our history, yeah. in our history, and I think in our history, it's just it, it, like I'm sick of speeches because we get speeches from the Democrats, we get speeches from from Republicans, like like Liz Cheney, we get that, but no one actually follows up. And so when someone when when we get the notification on our phones that Roe versus Wade is has been taken that has been just gutted and, and killed, then we get a, a an immediate notification for asking for money from the yeah. Democratic leadership. Yeah. Going to act yeah, blue dot whatever. Did. I want to flip off my phone, and I mean with my <laughs> finger. not turn it off i want to give the bird to my phone and chuck it into the sea because i'm sick of it this is why i've been i've been silent for the for most of the show because i am angry i am angry and i am not happy and i and there's nothing i can do about it and that that sense is why the democrats are in trouble for this for this november the uh, republicans have more of an ability to take over state houses more because we are sick of voting against. We need to vote for. If they just give us something, something yeah. that everybody can say, that is a good thing that you did, then people will vote. That's that's it. But they haven't done anything. Well, They, they haven't they done have... anything enough. Right. I was going to say, it's not that they've done nothing. I mean, Ketanji Brown no. Jackson's on the court. They oh, passed good. A, they, they, they passed a gun control NATO's measure. Strong. You know, I mean, NATO's they strong. have done, so, sure, they have done something, but they are completely inadequate to the challenges of the moment. Yes. If this were 20 years ago and we, we were in more the way things used to be, this would be good and be fine. You know, it'd be like at least okay. But, you know, it's not okay. Like, we've actually hit the iceberg. So, Talking about how, you know, you're going to reduce speed and change course. I mean, move great. The deck but, chairs. Yeah, exactly. Move the deck they, chairs. That's great, they, but you need to be manning the, the deck chairs and- so their chairs are at the bow. That's right. that's it. And I, I know that they've done things, and I know that we're just at the end of the show. But I just— oh, we are, yes. Um, they, they have done things. They have done some positive things. The gun bill— Okay. They're basically yeah. all the all the it's tiny the, steps. It's, it's tiny, tiny steps. steps when you're going directly vertical because you're going to fall down anyway. This is the the gun bill. They one of the biggest provisions is 
in like at, like trying to incentivize states to to make red flag laws. Yeah. And closing the boyfriend loophole. Yeah. That's great. And putting more money into uh more money that I don't know where it's coming from that they don't know that probably is going to re- be repealed anyway into mental health. How in mental health? There are there are incremental steps that have been made that should be that should have been made 30 years ago. But yeah. the the whole this this issue really started taking speed after the 2000 election and has not slowed down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <sighs> if, if that gun show, like, come, was, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say before the show, I was telling Mike that um, you guys might look at, I shouldn't give away the strategy, but um, the governor of Illinois, he is, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a get it done kind of guy. And he's a uh-huh. Democrat super pro-choice and you know if biden doesn't run he he would he would shake it up he he'd get some changes made i mean if that's your you know looking for somebody to it's someone's got to run instead of him he can't he can't do it again yeah i forget his name pritzker mike you knew who he was we need someone else to to run for president we need someone that's not even in the administration at this point i don't know we Um, didn't mention katie porter maybe Um, Katie Daniel, Porter should be Tam- Speaker of the House. Tammy Duckworth? Yeah, she's a, she's a talker. They're talkers. He's a doer. By the way, um, you guys caught the story about Bruce's Beach. In 1912, a black family owned the beachfront in near L.A. County, in L.A. County. And uh-huh. that was taken by eminent domain by um, by Manhattan city Beach, of right? Manhattan yeah. Beach. Yeah. In 1924. And the courts just gave it back to the family with interest. And... Because it was taken for racism, was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, well, they didn't want those black people on the beach, and it was a very successful business. And the money's going to the, um, the uh, you know, the grandkids of 20, Bruce. Can they, it's probably like $20 million if, they, if the county buys it back. Wow. 120. Uh, I, saw, I got, I got 20. I got 20. Well... <laughs> Yeah, but it's uh, I'm I'm posting the the story on the website civilpoliticsradio.com if you want to see news, that. It's good news, though. Um, yeah. One thing righted after a hundred years. Uh, uh, well, that's anyway. Basically, better late than never. It is right? now. That's the incrementalism that I was talking about. Anyway, Mike, take a take a score. <laughs> well, uh, good. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents at 10, then OK Asia at midnight. And uh, you can catch the podcast of this in the early hours of Monday morning or a repeat broadcast at 4 p.m. on Monday afternoon. And that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.